Well, hello. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sporting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets as our self-service kiosks or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I am Matt Williamson coming at you for the final time this week. As usual, I'm going to uh, bring up some key matchups, but I just saw this number, which is a little disturbing and I think very telling, is if you look at all last year in the games this year, the Steelers are 23rd in point differential. Uh, they're 10 and 11. They've been outscored by 106 points last year and the small portion of this year combined. 23rd in the league. I mean, I think it's safe to say this just isn't a good football team and we can make a lot of excuses and explain things away as I try to do and I always will. But this is a bottom, not bottom tier, but bottom half of the league football team. And to put that in some context, like at the, in, over that stretch, Cincinnati is eight. Baltimore's 14. Remember all the injuries they had yesterday or last year, too. Cleveland's 20th. But this is the neighborhood you're keeping. You know, the Steelers are a little behind. Well, they're well behind Miami. They're 21st. The Raiders are 22nd. But those two teams were outscored by 48 and 70 points, where the Steelers are at 106. Steelers are close to the Bears. Carolina, who just fired their coach. Washington. The Giants, I mean, that's the neighborhood you're in, in terms of point differential over the last 21 games. I mean, a whole season as well as this one. So I just thought that was a little eye-opening, and I guess it's not a shock. And, you know, they're one in four. They have a minus 51 uh, point differential now. That's last. They also just got walloped by the, the Bills, so maybe that skews it a little. But still, they could have lost by a lot more in that game. And last year, despite going to the playoffs, winning nine games, they were minus 55. I mean, only 10 teams were worse in point differential last year, which kind of shows they really weren't a playoff team. Um, I teased earlier in the week about zone versus man coverage. Uh, the numbers from Pro Football Focus came out, and the Steelers played more man than I expected. They were at 52.5%. Anything over 50 is quite high in today's NFL. Um, teams like the Lions and Patriots were about two-thirds. That's very rare. So the Steelers were still a top 10-ish in this particular in week five or six. Whatever, no, we're going into week six, week five in man coverage. Despite losing uh you know guys throughout the, the game and being you know well undermanned in terms of who your corners were. I'm not sure I condone that, but I also think it shows. They want to play more man, and it keeps bringing me back to acquiring a corner this offseason. Maybe that's your first overall pick, you know, first pick in the draft, not necessarily first overall. And on the flip side, the Bills played 22% man. I mean, a very, very small amount. Only the Vikings and Rams for the season are playing less man than Buffalo. And when you look at the Steelers, you know, what they're facing the they're kind of middle of the road. They're getting 32% of man coverage. Um, again, lower than that in this game. 
Because they didn't have to, I think, too. I mean, if this game was closer, I'm sure a lot of zone in the second half. So there you have it. Um, the Bills are getting, for the season, are only getting 35% man, and the Steelers decided to play them 42% man. That doesn't sound like a ton, but uh, it's a little questionable. You know, obviously it didn't work, but I'm not sure if they played zone. We'd be having a whole lot different set of conversations here either. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason they lost. Um, I'll be back in a minute. We'll talk about all those individual matchups in this one to keep an eye on. Um, there's some, there's some good things here. A couple things to look at at least. mentioned the secondary injuries and to pull back the curtain i am recording this noon on thursday so they have not yet practiced today but i gotta think they're going to be shorthanded at the corner position you know they're signing guys it looks like jackson will be active again i just think brady with his group of receivers godwin and evans in particular against these corners is a massive, massive problem. I mean, I just wrote good luck because he is going to look at matchups. Probably was doing right this second, you know, watching tape in Tampa going, ooh, I'll pick on him. Ooh, I'll pick on him. Oh, get Mike Evans matched on that guy? Yeah, I'll pick on him. You know, I mean, he's a computer back there and there's a lot to see there that he should process unbelievably quickly and rip apart. Now, I do think something that's feasible is eliminating this Bucks run game. They've been very poor running the football and have kind of just scrapped it. But if you could really take it out of the equation and just show them no hope, that's a start. You know, that you can, if you can make this team predictable, it still doesn't mean you're going to get to Brady. But at least makes them, you know, it cuts off. I don't want to say cuts off their left arm, but it cuts off their left pinky. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's Because they're, they're, they don't plan on running anyways. Um, a big part of that is they have a rebuilt interior offensive line. And I think Cam Hayward has to be more or less the best player on the field on either side of the ball. And just dominate their guards and centers time and time again. Disrupt throwing lanes. The book on Brady... And it's not the best book because if if there was a book on Brady, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing for his whole career. Is interior pressure, and you know Cam is capable. Um, again, I wish Ogan Joby were playing. I don't know that he hasn't down of a Thursday practice report, but I think those two are as key to anyone on this defense in this game, especially against the pass. Now, if you flip it, Mason Cole's fine. He's even a little better than I expected. But his matchup with Vita Vea in this game, who, I mean, interior run as well as even walking Cole back in the past game, that is a big mismatch in Tampa Bay's favor. Vea is a star, modern day nose, kind of a Haloti Nada type that he can run to. He's not just a space eater. Uh, I don't like that matchup at all. I'm not big on Dan Morver, Shaq Barrett either. I think those are the Steelers' worst two offensive linemen, and you get the Bucks' two best defensive linemen in terms of where they align. 
problematic, say the least. Shaq Barrett's a very good, not a great, very good edge pass rusher. He's their best productive since he's arrived in Tampa and a great signing for them. That's not going to be easy pickings for more. Um, I saw some stuff and I forget where I think it's football outsiders and that the Steelers second level run blocking, which kind of impressed anybody can chart that. And I also have a little bit of doubts how accurate that is, is really poor that they're not as bad on the front line run blocking, you know, blocking defensive linemen, but getting to the second level and their effectiveness in space hasn't been good. Well, these two linebackers, Levante David's still the better of the two, and he is extremely smart and wise, been around the blocks, you know, not as athletic as his counterpart now in Devin White, who is a crazy athlete, flies around the field, but makes a lot of mistakes. So his splash plays are great, but there's a lot of mistakes. But the two of those, especially when you combo block Vea and try to get to the second level against those two linebackers, and if Football Siders is right, which I'm sure they're at least close, they're not, the Steelers aren't particularly good at it. Well, I don't love that one bit at all. That, that's a, a real problem. That that triangle, that nose tackle to linebacker triangle that the you know, Steelers have had some great ones over the years, I think is a massive problem for Pittsburgh in this one. Uh, I think I told you earlier in the week, the year I was with the Browns, Todd Bowles was our assistant defensive back coach. I'm a fan. Um, he has a very distinct style, and it's aggressive on defense I'm talking about. Really play the run heavy early, force you into throws, high, high percentage blitz, and they get a lot of different guys get home to quarterbacks in this defense. Curious how Pickett deals with that. You know, I mean, how does Pickett handle blitz? You know, a lot of it. And Tampa might be playing with a lead and pin your ears back and all that good stuff. So I'm just curious how Pickett withstands that. You know, it's not even the pressure. It's the blitz. You know, where is it coming from? Does Pickett throw hot behind the blitz? You know, that type of thing. I bet he does pretty well because I think poise and those type of things are his strengths. Boy, I, I recognize the blitz pre-snap. Guy comes, beat it behind there with a quick throw. So I'm hoping to see that. Uh, lastly, and I guess we'll wrap things up here. I don't talk fantasy with you guys much, but I'm just curious, and I don't really even have this problem, but is Najee Harris even startable in fantasy in this game? Like, is he a top 24 running back? I mean, I lean towards right on the edge. You know, I don't do fantasy ranks week to week. And frankly, I should have peeked at a couple of the ones I like best. Evan Silva's are one or, you know, a couple different sites out there. I wonder if people are even projecting him to be, let's call it a top 20 running back in terms of production this week. It's a really tough matchup. He's looked poor. Um, I've mentioned the, you know, all the, the matchups in their favor, that interior triangle. I mean, I think he's going to run 15 times for 70 yards, catch two short passes, and it's about it. You know, like, it's sad's not the right word, but disheartening, you know, that that's where we're at right now. I mean, you would have hoped that when you drafted him, and it's not all him, that in October of his second year with a rookie quarterback, it, the, the game plan would be, 
get Najee 30 touches, make life easy on pickets, keep the game close. He'll create some stuff. I, I don't think they have that club in their bag right now. I'm not saying it never will come back, but I don't think that club is in their bag right now. All right, everyone, uh, enjoy your weekend. I will be back Sunday night recapping Buck Stillers. All right, see you.